Gentlemen, we're live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special edition of the PBD podcast, emergency press conference, emergency podcast to discuss the recent Russian invasion of Ukraine. I, I know a lot of you out there have been asking for Pat's feedback on this. He's actually traveling on a business meeting right now. He's in Mexico, but we did not want to delay our commentary and our feedback on this. So with that being said, we brought in PBD live from Mexico to give his thoughts on what is happening in Ukraine. PBD, are you with us? I am. Can you hear me? Yes, I can, sir. I'm in my hotel room right now. And my wife is like, babe, all the kids are waiting for you downstairs. We just had a business meeting all morning, came from lunch, and I'm getting stories. Pat, how come you're not talking about this? How come you're not talking? Like, I've been traveling. But uh, mm-hmm. look, a few things. I, I just finished watching a press conference with President Biden, which, by the way, I have to say, I was very impressed with the way he handled the questions at the end. We'll cover that as well as uh, what the actions he's taking. There was a question asked about him, it, whether he's going to get China, whether he's reached out China to help out to get Russia to slow down. It was very interesting what his answer was, which we'll talk about that as well. And then how we got here, you know, a bit of the history. What does Putin really want? Uh, a few questions that I've been, you know, a lot of people are asking me and I've been thinking about it myself, but uh, before anything else, here's the one thing to keep in mind. Um, there's a lot of videos that are circulating. When I hear that alarm, the that, that alarm, it's like like this. I go back to Iran being six years old and Saddam and Khomeini were going at war and it was a mess when this was taking place. Uh, and, uh, you, you know, there's a lot of history on how that goes back to that area. But first things first, the press conference. Uh, President Biden put out some major, major sanctions on all Russian banks, every one of them, a trillion do- over a trillion dollars of assets, Every Russian businesses that are linked to U.S., anything from Russia that's doing business in U.S., all the accounts have frozen here. The market in Russia tanked 45% just yesterday. That's nearly a quarter of a billion dollars the market lost in a day. Uh, Gas prices are going up because a lot of the world, we're not pumping our own gas right now. We're not uh, fracking as much as we could. We're relying on other places. This is why you're seeing gas prices going up, even though President Biden is saying he doesn't want the gas companies and oil companies to exploit this opportunity. It's not about that. Gas prices are going to go up. These people that are running small gas stations, it's a small business owner. It's not like they're billionaires, millionaires. They're just trying to make eight cents on a dollar. They're making, you know, whatever the numbers is. But the markets felt it. Uh, In Russia, videos are being shown with people that are protesting outside and Russian police is coming immediately arresting these guys. And some of the places they can't even get them because there's so many people out there saying, stop this whole mess. We don't need to be doing this. It's not looking pretty, but Putin's uh, planned this for quite some time. Uh, I've been saying gas prices are about to go to $10 in California for a while. It's going to get there. It's already at $6. We have a bunch of people here with us that are from California talking about how they're feeling immediate gas prices as of yesterday. On top of that, for quite like a while, weeks, maybe a couple months, Russia's been right around the border and everybody's saying, what are you doing? NATO just had a meeting at Geneva saying, hey, why are you over here? Oh, nothing. It's just regular training. You can do the training. You're pretty big. You can do your training everywhere, anywhere. Why are you doing your training right on the border and you're building hospitals and you're moving 100,000 troops? All of a sudden, 125,000 troops, then 150,000 troops, and now over 175,000 troops. Blood, they got everything prepared that in case something were to happen, you know, uh, uh, move blood supplies, hospitals, everybody's ready for that. I think uh, Russian Air Force 
one of the units, the airborne unit, took over a small airport that's right by Kiev because they have a whole strategy on what they want to do with the capital. They know they don't have a lot of time. It's not like this is going to be a six-month war or a three-month war. They have a small window that Putin's trying to capitalize, and we're going to see whether this is going to be taking place or, or not. Over 40 people have already been killed. One Ukrainian plate was shot down with five people that were killed. This just happened. And, uh, you know, for some people that are wondering, like, who is Ukraine? You know, what is the big deal with Ukraine? Why is Ukraine so important? Is it that important of a country? I'm in U.S. I'm in Texas. I thought Texas was big. I thought New York was big. Why is everybody, you know, going crazy over Ukraine? What supplies does Ukraine have? So there's a couple different arguments here. One of the arguments is the fact that, you know, uh, this is Putin's ex because Putin wrote about this, how when Soviet Union fell in 1991 and when it collapsed at that time, you know, Ukraine became its own country. Russia became its own country. And, uh, you know, uh, this is during Cold War and uh, Ukraine became independent. And at that time, when Ukraine became independent, people have to realize Ukraine inherited most of Soviet Union's nuclear power. This is what a lot of people don't know. They inherited most of the nuclear power. Let me give you some stats so you know how much this was. 176 intercontinental ballistic missiles, 1,249 numeral warheads, 44 strategic bombers, 700 nuclear-tipped cruise missiles, 2,000 tactical weapons. All of this went to Ukraine. And Ukraine at the time, the, the leader that they had wasn't somebody that, you know, he was a he was a pretty strong personality himself. And uh, Russia comes in and negotiates in 1994. They gave all those weapons up to Russia. So think about this. Majority of those weapons were given up to Russia in exchange for negotiation. Russia promised them guaranteed security. We're never going to mess with you. We're going to respect uh, Ukraine's sovereignty. All this stuff is going on right now. While this is taking place, a few things happen. We, they signed the Budapest Agreement. Let's kind of try to make this work. Let's be peaceful. Let's not make anything happen. The original signers, I think, was U.S., U.K., I want to say Belarus and, you know, uh, 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 Kazakhstan. So they signed it. Let's make this work. Right afterwards, in around 2013, the leader of uh, Ukraine was Viktor Yanukovych, okay, who was a, pu a puppet to uh, Putin, and he was more pro-Russia than pro-Ukraine, which kind of helped out. He was a corrupt guy, heavy-handed, pro-Moscow. And during that time, while this has taken place, 2013, he, the leader, rejected an EU deal. So the EU comes in and says, hey, let's make this work. Let's kind of come together. Come join NATO. Come join EU. We're going to give you an offer. He rejected the deal, but took $15 billion bailout from Russia, Putin. Okay? So this is a guy that was, you know for Russia, even though he's running Ukraine. Anyways, eventually he's replaced by the current PM, the current president. He leaves, he goes to Russia. Some people didn't want him to leave. Some people wanted him to leave. So that's one part of the argument that to Putin is like, Ukraine's been part of Soviet Union for the longest time. There's no way I'm gonna give up my ex. There's no way I'm gonna let my ex go marry somebody else. And if he, my ex, she marries NATO or she marries EU, there's no way I'm gonna let that happen. So Putin's made some demands to uh, uh, NATO, and here's his demands. You ready? Crazy demands, by the way. Number one, his demand was for NATO to stop expanding. That's the number one demand. Mm -hmm. Number two, I believe NATO they're up to 30 countries right now. Eastern Europe. 
which is just not gonna happen, withdraw from all troops from Eastern Europe. And number three, for America to vow not to protect their allies with nuclear weapons. For America to vow not to protect their Eastern European allies with weapons, right, the, uh, where they are. So all of this stuff he's asking, so he wants them to come back. He wants to move quickly in Kiev. He wants to replace with a new leader. But this is the one part most people also don't realize, what Ukraine has. Let me give you some of the rankings of what Ukraine has. In regards to size, there's 604,000 square kilo, kilometer, kilometers. So it's pretty good size. I think it's 44 million in population. And I want to say their gross domestic produce, I think their GDP is around a quarter of a billion dollars, where $156 billion is their GDP. That's where they are, 156. Good size population, 44 million, relatively good size. But there's more to it than that. Here's a few stats. Ukraine ranks first in Europe in proven recoverable reserves of uranium ores, number one in all of Europe. Second place in Europe and 10th place in the world in terms of titanium ore reserves, okay? Second place in the world in terms of explored reserves of mang uh, manganese ores, 2.3 billion tons or 12% of the world's reserves. Second largest iron ore reserves in the world, that's 30 billion tons, okay? Second place in Europe in terms of mercury ore reserves. Third place in Europe, third, 13 place in the world in shale gas reserves. Fourth in the world by the total value of natural resources. Seventh place in the world in coal reserves. That's 33.9 billion tons. So people have, I can go on and on and on about other things, but agricultural power, you know, food needs of what they can do. They can meet the food needs of 600 million people. This is a very important country in an industrial industrialized country. This is not some small country we're talking about that none of us know about because we're going about our business. You're trying to be a realtor. Someone's doing a, your nurse, you're a doctor. You're not thinking about the stats, but Putin knows who Ukraine is and they want it back. So it's a battle right now. On the west side of Ukraine, a bigger part of it, they're more pro-Ukraine. On the eastern side of U uh, Ukraine, they speak Russian. They're more tied to Russia. They follow more what Putin has to say. The left side is more the eastern, uh, western side is following a little bit more of what European has to say. They want to be part of EU. They want to be part of NATO. So that's some of the stuff that's going on there. It's important for us to know those things. A couple other fast facts that we need to know. One in six Ukrainian is ethnic Russian, okay? One in six. One in three speaks Russian as a native language. So now, all this stuff said and done, even though what Putin says in a way does make sense. You're a part of us. This has been a part of us. We did a deal. We want you to come back. This belongs to Russia. And let's just say you have a few kids with your ex-wife, but your ex-wife has kind of moved on. She has kids. It's been a long time. It's not like it's fresh off a divorce. This is not a fresh divorce. This is a 31-year divorce that took place. And in 31 years, emotions change relationships change. A lot of that stuff changes. Now, let's go to another place that we're going with this whole thing and what their outcome is. So they want to capitalize everything that's going on over there, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Will this work? Is this strategy of what Putin's trying to do work? Well, Biden today, when they were doing a press conference just 30 minutes ago, 40 minutes ago, he was saying the sanctions, all this other stuff. They're asking the questions afterwards. And he asked questions from everybody uh, there was a moment he was about to be quick 
and a little bit uh, sarcastic with the Fox News guy that he called the son of a bitch or stupid son of a bitch. Doocy. But he was very respectful. And you can tell they had a call together. Yeah. Is it Peter Ducey? Yeah, Am Peter Ducey. Right? Yeah. Peter Ducey. Yeah. So one of the people asked the question saying, so have you put any sanctions on Putin yet? He says, not yet. We haven't gone to those measures. Okay. So these sanctions, are. do you think it's going to work? I do think it's going to work. Why do you think it's going to work? Because when the economy is affected and people feel the pain, they're going to eventually get to them and say, hey, we cannot go with the way that we're going right now. We have to make some changes. Okay. Uh, he says, do you think that a person asked, do you think this could lead to uh, the next Cold War? He says, I don't think so. Why not? Because two thirds of the world agrees with us. Great point, by the way. So for some of the people that are like NATO is a part of us, that we're on the same page. EU is part of not wanting to see this happen. Their neighbors, they definitely don't want to see this happen. And then they asked the question about India. Are you on the same page with India? Have you guys had the call? He says, we haven't had the call with India yet. We're going to have it later on today. So I don't know why India, because, you know, India has never been not good with China. And if you're not good with China, China's good with Russia. So it's kind of interesting why we're not talking to India, because they're they're a pretty important ally for you to have a conversation. Maybe they just haven't had it yet. They'll have it this afternoon. But there was one question that was asked. And the question was, you know, um, have you, uh, 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 are you urging China to help isolate Russia? This was exactly the question. I'm giving you the quote of the question. Are you urging China to help isolate Russia? This was Biden's answer. I'm not prepared to comment on that at this moment. What do you mean by that? Because what does China and Russia have in common? They both have an X that they want back. One of the X's for Russia is Ukraine. And X for China is who? Taiwan. Taiwan. They want them back. So is there a wink-wink deal behind closed doors between Xi and Putin saying, mm. you take that, I'll back, back you up. But when I take Taiwan, you better back me up. Is that what's going to happen? Because as this whole thing's been going on, and we saw China picked up Hong Kong just recently, so it's not like 50 years ago, it's just a couple of years ago when that happened. We saw Taliban pick back up Afghanistan, okay, because a lot of people are seeing what's going on. So what does this lead to? Here's what one of the speculations you're hearing from different people on what they're saying. The speculation you're hearing that, hey, why is Trump supporting, uh, uh, what do you call it, Putin? I don't know if you saw what Trump said about Putin uh, uh, in a quote saying, hey, uh, did you see the quote, what he said about Putin? He says, I applaud him about the decision. He's taking advantage of the opportunity right now. What do you mean by that? Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that to make a comment like that? Are you saying he's doing the right thing? Or is it, I respect him for capitalizing off this opportunity? So is there an opportunity? Well, let's weigh this part out. What is the opportunity? Okay, so many, a few months ago, we were doing a podcast. And on that podcast, we talked about the fact that, you know, uh, uh, a, a, a girl dates a guy. And this guy uh, uh, always made her feel safe, okay? But he was a very serious guy. But he made her feel safe and made her feel secure. Anyways, she eventually leaves him for a pretty boy, nice guy, because she says, I just don't want to deal with a guy like this. I want to date somebody that's a little bit more, you know, easygoing, chill, attractive. So she goes and dates this pretty boy. Anyways, they go to a bar. In the bar, a fight breaks out. 
and the pretty boy backs up and she's not, he's not protecting her. And the ex is there and the girlfriend goes back to her ex because the ex is making her feel safer than the current boyfriend, pretty boy. Well, why are you going back to your ex? So a lot of people are saying, if Trump was president today, would this have happened? Well, we definitely don't know that. But some people on the right are saying, everybody thought uh, Trump was going to start World War III. Well, did he? When Trump was president, did anything happen with ISIS? We never once heard about ISIS. Did anything happen with you know, North Korea? Because one time North Korea, I saw that tweet today where North Korea said, I have my finger on the button, okay? It's always next to me. And then Trump retweets and responds back to, you know, Kim North Jong-un. Korea, uh, what's his name? Kim, Kim Jong-un. Jong-un. And says, he says, I also have the button right next to me all the time, except my button is bigger and my button actually works, right? You remember when uh, Trump said that to North Korea? And people were like, well, you can't say something like that because you're kind of poking the bear. And what if he does that? But the other guy on the other side like, shit. He kind of does have access to the same thing. And if I do anything, he's going to destroy my entire country and have nothing. And if Trump was president today, this becomes another question, and we can kind of open it up and talk about this. If Trump was president today, would Putin have done this? I don't know. If Trump was president today, would the Taliban have taken over Afghanistan? Many will say no. And many on the left, like Matt Zeller, who was a former CIA, who cannot stand Trump, Cannot stand Tulsi Gabbard. He called out Tulsi Gabbard. Did you see what he said on the tweet? He, he sent me the tweet. This is what he called Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard tweeted out this yesterday, mm-hmm. 17 hours ago. She says, this war and suffering could have easily been avoided if Biden administration, NATO, had simply acknowledged Russia's legitimate security concerns regarding Ukraine's becoming a member of NATO, which would mean U.S. NATO forces right on Russia's border. And he responds, You're a traitor and a coward. Resign your commission and go home to your handlers in Moscow, right? So Zeller is not a fan of Tulsi. Zeller is not a fan of Trump, but he's still not happy about the way Biden handled the Afghanistan issue with Taliban. So would it have been differently if Trump was here? Is are they kind of looking at this opportunity and saying, hey, you know, uh, uh, this is a good time for both of us to go in. Let's capitalize. I'll get Taiwan. You get Ukraine. It's a perfect, perfect time to do it under Biden, he won't do anything about it. So for those that said that, well, Biden kind of put some strong sanctions on Putin and Mm -hmm. Russia. Like, it's not like he didn't do anything about it. He put the sanctions. Now, is that going to be enough? I don't know. A lot of people were saying, oh, it's just a bluff. Putin's just a bluff. He always says this. It's a bluff. This wasn't a bluff, folks. This is real. People died. There's videos of bombings all over the place, which many of us have probably seen at this point. If we play the clips, it's probably replays of what you've already seen yourself. Tyler, I don't know if you have access to one of them. If you can play one of them when the jet drops those two bombs and you see the kids screaming and you see the woman with the blood on her face. I don't know if you have it ready or not. If you do play it, if you don't, we can continue. Yeah, so I think this is it here. I'm going to share my screen really quick and we'll get it going. All right, PBD, we're going to play this video now. Press play and hit the audio because the audio is down right now. Turn on the audio first. Turn on. Okay, there you go. I didn't hear the audio. I don't know if you guys heard the audio or not because, huh? You did? Okay, good. Did you guys hear the audio? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to pause that and, and I mean, that kid's screaming. 
my kids screamed last night at four o'clock when she woke me up because she wanted to have their, their diapers changed and she wanted to eat. That's a different scream than this scream. That's painful. As a parent, hearing what many of these families are going through, people are blown away that this thing, like, I don't mean it, like, they're, they're, they're surprised on what's going on. Nobody expected it to escalate to this point right now, okay? So th these are some of the things that's going on. I mean, I'll pause, Tyler, uh, Adam, if you guys have, yeah. have any commentary, any other thoughts, well, but well, that's kind of what's been happening the last couple of days here. No, well said, and you covered a lot of the topics that we'll get into a little bit more in depth. Uh, obviously, you talked about the nuclear weapons with Ukraine, gas prices. We want to see what your thoughts are or where you think gas prices will end up, where do you think the stock market uh, we'll go from here, how much it'll be affected. We'll talk about the sanctions. We'll talk about, um, obviously, the relationship with China. What I want to get your opinion on, Pat, is really Putin's mindset here. So I'm going to read you a couple quotes, and then you can kind of come in on the other side of here. Obviously, his major concern is the expansion of NATO. NATO currently, I, I believe it has 30 countries, originally uh, formed in 1949 to protect, ironically, against Soviet aggression. That's a, currently what's going on. And with the collective security clause, basically, uh, they agreed to um, consider an attack against one of the countries that against attack against all. So a couple quotes for you. So obviously, Putin does not want the expansion of NATO. He does not want Ukraine or Georgia, for that matter, joining NATO. And he's obviously backing the Russian separatists in Ukraine. That's what he's doing. But here's a quote. Putin has basically called Ukraine little russia he says its language never existed it does not exist now and it shall not exist in the future modern ukraine was entirely and fully created by russia more specifically the bolshevik communist russia so with that history what do you think putin really wants out of ukraine we talked about obviously the histo history and one-sixth of uh, russians having uh, one-sixth of Ukraine's having Russian descent, one-third speaking Ukrainian. We talked about the natural resources. But in your opinion, where do you think Putin's mindset is at? Look, he's not wrong on what he's saying. It is little Russia, because if you look at the map, Tyler, if you want to just pull up the map for people to see it, Ukraine is this big compared to Russia. So he's not lying in regards to territory, right? Uh, but in regards to resources... No, he's not. He's not telling the truth. The, the Ukraine is very, very important. And by the way, during the Cold War, the, the, the main arch rival of U.S. was Ukraine. Like that was the, the, the country people looked at. People looked at Ukraine and who they were. And you cannot forget that Gorbachev's mother is from Ukraine. Like Gorbachev grew up knowing the song, the national anthem of Ukraine. So you're not like, you know, I understand what he's saying. This is an emotional thing for him. Uh, uh, as he's talking about this. But yeah, if you look at the map right there, make it a little bit smaller. Go, go to the map for people to see how small Ukraine is because that actually makes Ukraine look big. Go to a different map. You look at how small Ukraine is compared to Russia. It's astronomically uh, uh, different. But right now, the challenge is the, the, the leader of Ukraine today, he's not backing down. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the ambassador went up and calling out Russia saying, how could you do this? War crimes are not allowed. This is a war crime. He's not lying. This is a form of a war crime because it's not like Putin's doing it in a way of let's sit down and negotiate. He's kind of doing it like a dictator. I mean, that's just the approach he's taking. He's not taking the let's collaborate and talk. Yeah, exactly. Look at that. That's Russia. That's Ukraine. So he is right on how small Ukraine is. Uh, and 
Take it. You froze for a sec. You, you with us? He has. He doesn't even Putin. They asked uh, Biden, have you had a conversation with Putin? I have not. Mm-hmm. Are you planning on speaking to him? I am not. Are you not planning on speaking to him? Or are you just not getting Putin to say he wants to speak to you? Which one is it? We don't know. Yeah. Is Putin really even considering your voice and the demands you're making? I don't know. I don't know if he's really sitting there listening to the demands mm-hmm. he's making. Uh, in regards to how this affects everybody, this event's going to affect everybody. The economy is going to be affected by FYI. One thing to be thinking about, which is pretty interesting, uh, uh, is while the moment the, the attack started this morning, the moment the attack started this morning, FYI, the moment the attack started this morning, so it's very important to know, Ethereum skyrocketed today. It went up. Hmm. Okay, when the war started, Ethereum went up. Okay, it was down to 2300 it went up to 2750 okay? Why? It, it, are people feeling a little more safer in crypto with their money today? I don't know. Is that where a lot of the mo- money moved? Uh, Bitcoin moved in the last eight hours, 12 hours from 34,000 to nearly 40,000. What caused it? Right. That's a complete different conversation that, Adam, you can investigate to talk about on your show that's blown up right now on Valuetainment Money, SauceCast. You may want to uh, uh, disclose that and see what it is. Maybe investigate that a little bit more. Are people feeling a little bit more comfortable going into the crypto side? I don't know. All I can say is uh, the economy is going to be affected. Just so you know, the military industrial complex that they talk about, they're going to make so much money right now. The the president of of, uh, uh, Ukraine said, we're giving away free guns. Hey, if you're willing to stay and you're not escaping because all the gas stations are lined up, people in Ukraine are so afraid they're leaving where the president of Ukraine said, we're willing to give you a free weapon if you stick around. If you stay around, we're going to give you a weapon. But the question everybody's asking is, where do I get the weapon from? I'll stick around, but where do I get it? So there's a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mis- not miscommunication, lack of proper communication for people that want to stay and fight for their country, but they can't get it. And they've already taken over a small airport. Uh, who knows what's going to be happening here? But there's going to be major effects around the world with this. Well, the question sure. is going to be if this is going to work or not. Well, you bring up a really good point with Ethereum and with Bitcoin. And if you looked at this stock market, and obviously the stock market is not the economy and the economy is not the stock market, but it's a good indicator. This morning, everything was in the red, obviously, since the attacks on uh, Ukraine from Russia, everything was red. It's a little after four o'clock right now. Pat, I'm going to get your thoughts on this. Dow up 92, S&P up 63, NASDAQ up, Russell 2000 up, Bitcoin up big, Ethereum up big. Amazon, Tesla, Disney, NVIDIA, Apple, Facebook, Google, everything's up, including um, treasury bonds. You would assume when a potential World War III is about to happen, a, 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 groundbreaking, a groundbreaking war across the world, that when, the, when everything went into the red this morning, it would continue for the day, if not days after. Based on your business acumen, why would the stock market and every major index go up from here? What are your thoughts? I will tell you this. Biden looked very strong today. Biden looked very strong today. Okay. You have to know what we talk about on this show is we're going to talk about what we see. We're not sitting here defending one side or another. Biden looked strong today. And that gives the American people a lot of confidence. You know, a lot of times uh, political strategists will say, Anytime you're losing and your your uh, what what is it uh, your uh, polls are down what's the what's the word your um, uh, 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 when the, uh, the support presidents not your what base. do they call it your 
Your what? Not your base. You're losing your base. No, no, not not your base. When the support the president's getting, that poll everybody looks at, the favorability. When that's down, yeah. Say that again. Your popularity, your favorability. Your popularity, but your popularity uh, per, uh, percentage is down. Your vote is down. People are not like they're not feeling good about this guy right now. Mm -hmm. What's that? Approval, Approval rating is what I'm talking. Yeah. Approval rating is down. Uh, you, you, there's a few ways to get it back. Okay, one of them is a war because right. it is a strong position that you have. Okay, but this is not a war that Biden started. Okay, this is not a war that America started. Right. This is an opportunity that this man's been capitalizing off of. And I can guarantee you, Putin's been meaning to do this for a long time. If you ever read Putin's blog, the article that he wrote, it's like a love affair he has for Ukraine. And he was heartbroken when he was first coming up. And there was that division of the families and everybody going their way. So he's been wanting to do this for a long time. And he saw this as the perfect opportunity to do so. But here's the thing. Let's talk about the following. Let's talk about consequences. Okay. Because the average person's watching this, you made a great point. Bitcoin is up, you know, Ethereum is up. I'm talking crypto. Then you talk about the stock market. Everything is up. Treasury is up. America looks strong today. America looked pretty good today. America looked like they stood up to the bully today. That's a good thing for him to stand up and uh, stand up to the bully today. And by the way, you can watch the whole press conference with the briefing with the president today. Go watch the questions at the end. The whole thing is like 25 minutes, but watch the last seven minutes, eight minutes. That's the main part. If you don't have 25 minutes to watch the whole thing, I recommend everybody to go watch the seven minutes on going back and forth. There's a couple parts that you may want to catch is the following question, consequences. Number one, um, so what do sanctions do? Because everything's got a side effect. If I eat a lot of cheesecake, there's a side effect. If I drink too much Red Bull, there's a side effect. If I gamble my money, there's a side effect. If I fight with my spouse and I, you know, belittle them all the time, there's a side effect. There's side effects to everything, right? Okay. What is the side effect to putting sanction on Russia the way that you did and you cost 45%? Huh. Okay. Um, when we put sanctions on China, it looked good for a month. It looked good for two months. It looked good for six months. It looked good for 12 months. 128 months of constant consecutive expansive months. Ah, da, 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 da. And then puff out of nowhere. This thing showed up called COVID. Now, not telling you it's bio-warfare conversation, but you push the bear, COVID popped out. And it kind of ruined the whole world for about 18 months. Threw everybody off. It was a mess. And we're barely coming off of this thing here right now with masks, kids going to school, all this stuff, barely. And we're not even there yet with many of the states, right? We live in Florida. We know Florida, we're not even affected. You don't even feel it. But the rest of the country, Illinois, Michigan, New York, Jersey, California. So what is Russia's specialty? Is it nuclear war? Because they got a lot of nuclear weapons. I think they're number two behind U.S., would he pull that one off? I don't know. Has that been Russia's specialty? Or is Russia going to play the proxy game? And what is the proxy game? Is it going to be a different strength that they have? One of the strengths Russia has is cyber warfare. So Russia is very good at cyber. Mm -hmm. Listen, 
many of us know the effects of a biowarfare, if it was a biowarfare, which we don't know if it was a biowarfare. The investigation hasn't yet been done, but I think the tribunal needs to investigate and find out what happened. I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. The government doesn't know. We haven't done the proper investigation yet. We don't would like to find out what happened there. We haven't gone and done the proper audits, et cetera, et cetera. But do we know what happens if we go through a cyber warfare? Has anybody ever had their passwords taken from them? You ever had your Instagram profile where you get an email saying you're about to get verified, you fill out that information, you put your password, boom. Somebody takes your account over and asks you for $5,000 or Bitcoin to get your Instagram back. Mm -hmm. Has that ever happened to you? You ever gotten a call from American Express talking about the fact that, hey, let me tell you, somebody is doing fraudulent activities. We put a freeze and you get that call from 1-800-224 and you know it's Amex. You, know, you ever had those kind of calls? You ever had a call like that? And what does it do to your day? You ever had your you know, social security? You ever had somebody take your stuff and go get a bunch of credit cards and spend a bunch of money? You ever had that happen before? How much of a pain in the ass is it? You ever had to go recover and go get a second social or change your social because things got pretty bad? We don't know the effects of a cyber warfare, folks. We don't know it. And Putin's not a guy that... with they don't move on hey you know i believe in god and god asked me to forgive and i gotta move on putin doesn't come across as the guy that's gonna go and say heavenly father shall i forgive president biden for putting all the sanctions on my people mm -hmm. and publicly humiliating me and he got in the way of me getting ukraine back which is part of our motherland and that's one of our family members but he got in the way and i'm determined and convinced that was supposed to happen and I ask you for forgiveness in advance for what I may do to US and America. None of us know. So we don't know what's gonna happen with the consequences. We don't. The best thing that we know is the following. Here's the best thing that we know. Is that NATO is unified. Mm -hmm. EU, for the most part, is unified. And America is not too happy about what he's doing but the only people that are not, we've heard nothing from China. Nothing. Why? I don't know. So if those two guys are on the same team and the rest of the world says, well, who cares what they want to do? Let them be on the same team. Mm -mm. They're not too lightweights. You know how in sports, like allowing Shaq and Kobe to get on the same team. Yeah, it's going to be three championships. You can't let a powerhouse like Russia and a powerhouse like China to team up. You ain't just letting the two of the most powerful players in the league get on the same team. Let's just say Chicago has Michael, but Lakers have Kobe and Shaq. That's kind of what's going on today. So there are some things that I hope our uh, uh, government, our president, our military leaders are having these types of conversations behind closed doors. And I'm sure they are. Uh, I'm sure they're way ahead of the game. We have a very strong military. For the most part, I love this country. I want to are not willing to sell in their souls, souls out to another country like that. But we have to pay very close attention and not be naive about the fact that Putin's not going to sit there and allow somebody to publicly humiliate him. Mm -hmm. I'm convinced that's not his character. PBD, speaking of Biden and the press conference that he did and our allies, really, you know, NATO, uh, the EU, G7, let me read you a couple quotes to, and let you weigh in on this. So President Biden said that um, Putin has chosen a premeditated war that will bring catastrophic loss of life and human suffering. Putin chose this war. He unveiled some new devastating sanctions on Russia, 
meant to punish the country for its full-scale invasion in Ukraine. Uh, he, before he did so, he conferred with the G7 countries before the sanctions were imposed. Biden said, quote-unquote, Putin is the aggressor. Putin chose this war, and now he and his country will bear the consequences. Sanctions will be imposed at severe cost on the Russian economy, both immediately and over time. Sanctions include four Russian banks and corrupt, quote-unquote, corrupt billionaires and their families who are close to the Kremlin, a.k.a. Putin's inner circle. In a joint statement from the leaders of the G7, they've said Putin has reintroduced war to the European continent. He has put himself on the wrong side of history. Furthermore, the EU Commission President Ursula von der Leyen promised to, quote-unquote, weaken Russia's economic base and its capacity to modernize following the barbaric attack by Russia against Ukraine. Following that, she said, we will free Russian assets in the EU and stop the access of Russian banks to European financial markets. So you brought up the concept of consequences and Biden looking strong and what we're doing with all our allies. So what are your thoughts on some of the quotes that Biden, NATO, the EU has basically laid out there? Well, and really quick to, to piggyback off of Adam, um, you know, Back to Tulsi Gabbard's tweet that that if we had just listened to his concerns with NATO, do you think that carries any water, regardless of Biden or Trump or, or who would let this happen? Had we listened to Putin's concerns with NATO, would he would he have stepped down and said, all right, I'm not going to invade. Just stay out of NATO. I don't want uh, American allies on my border. You know, in in, in 2014, it used to be the G8 summit. It was Russia was a part of the giant summit. And then we kicked him out when he invaded Crimea. Let's not forget that Obama said, listen, just have Vladimir give me some space. When I win re-election, he can do what he wants. He can, he can invade Crimea. Are, are we taking the wrong stance with this? Are we isolating and alienating Vladimir Putin? If, if we were to let him back in and, and talk with the big boys, would he stop being so aggressive and take a step back? I mean, how, how much how, is this? Is this really about reuniting Ukraine to, to get back to the USSR? Or is this Vladimir Putin protecting his interests, his country, and, and keeping Ukraine out of NATO. Do you remember what Matt Zeller's uh, 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 colleague said, who was uh, uh, from the Taliban, and what he told them, what we have? He mm -hmm. says, you guys have all the money, we have all the time. Do you remember that oh, quote? You, you guys have all the watches. I don't know if you guys remember that quote. You so, have all the watches, we have all the time. You have all the watches, we have all the time, which means we don't give a shit about your money. We're patient. We're eventually going to get what we want, which is Afghanistan. And they got what they wanted. How much weapons did they get? What's the number? 80 billion? We've heard 40 to 80 billion dollars of weapons they got from us. That's what they got. Okay. So let's take that position, Tyler, on what you're saying with uh, uh, President Obama being caught on recording saying what he said. I'll let you know. Let me just get reelected. And it's surprising that that didn't hurt his reelection, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, and, and he got what he wanted still. But let's say, let's say that's the case. And let's just say we get closer to him. Would he allow this to not happen? And would he allow not to have a fight to go after Ukraine? Do you really think Putin is going to set aside his ambitions for a friendly dinner? Do you really think Putin is going to set aside his strategic, tactical ambitions of a true believer for you inviting me to NATO? Do, do you think in life a priority to him and a goal in his life is to be part of the G8, G G8 or to have Ukraine be part of Russia again. What do you think? I mean, that's the real question. 
You have to sit there and ask yourself with certain enemies and opponents you face, what is more valuable to them? When you're doing a negotiation with a hostage crisis negotiation, let's just say, let's just go to somebody uh, took your child and they have your kid hostage and you call them and you say, what is the negotiator asking? What are you looking for? And the guy says, the typical negotiation is what? I want $6 million by this point to transfer to this account and I'll release the kid, right? Okay, great. But Putin is not asking for money. Putin is not asking for, Putin saying, stay the hell out of my way. That's my country. It's my land. It belongs to the motherland. So I, I want to say yes. I want, I, I lean, Tyler, more towards, I was having a conversation with one of my guys yesterday, and I said, I said, listen, here's what I lean towards. Out of every conflict I've ever had with another individual or another company or a competitor in my life in business, and I've had many of them, 90% of them were resolved with a phone call and a conversation. Why, though? Because 90% of them, I sat down and spoke to another reasonable person where either we offended them, there was a miscommunication, there was a misunderstanding, and we were able to resolve it. Do you think that's what Putin is looking at today? Or do you think Putin's part of the 10% that is not willing to reason because he wants Ukraine? You think Putin's going to live his life not fighting to get that country back? I don't know. I don't, I don't see him as somebody that prefers, um, you know, an amicable relationship to you having that conversation with him rather than saying, no, I got to go fulfill my vision. I don't know. We will never know because we're not in the man's head. We're not. But how long has this guy been ambitious? How many years has this guy been climbing the ladder? From what organizations? From a young guy that worked his way all the way up, having met everybody during that time, and they saw this guy as a superstar? Did he make it all the way to the top? You think he made it to the top because he wants to live in a big mansion and have all the women think he's amazing and have dinner with celebrities? Hell to the no. This guy's a true believer of what Russia is. He believes Russia is the greatest country in the world. You got to respect the fact that he loves his country. I mean, sometimes I wish Americans love their country as much as that guy loves his country. But uh, obviously, he's not on the same team. And America has to do whatever they have to And Pat, you're going in and out here. We're, uh, we're having some stream issues. Oh, Did I lose you guys? Yeah, you guys back. We're back with you now. Pat, let me, let me pick up from there, and let's get the American perspective, if we can, since you talked about you wish that a lot of Americans love our country as much as Putin loves his. So, I mean, at the very least, you can respect him for loving his country. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, Biden basically says that the U.S. troops will not engage in direct conflict with Ukraine. Quote, unquote, our forces are not and will not be engaged in the conflict. Our forces are not going to Europe to fight in Ukraine, but to defend our NATO allies and reassure those allies in the East. Putin then responded, any foreign attempt to interfere with Russian action would lead to consequences they have never seen. So that's sort of the, the, um, the battle of words there. But regarding America, so it's good to know that American troops aren't going to be on the ground there. But I wanted to focus on what will affect Americans over here in the USA. And some of that is gas prices. And I know you've had very strong feelings on inflation. You were the first to basically call, you know, gas prices to potentially reach $10 in, in California. And I think we've seen evidence that it's reaching as high as 750, I think at one point. 
So I want to get your thoughts on, on what Biden has said regarding gas prices in America. Biden said he was working to limit the fallout of the new sanctions that would have on the energy prices. Because we, we talked about Nord Stream 2, which we can weigh in on. He said the U.S. was ready to release barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. I see. He said to the people in his press conference, I know this is hard and that Americans are already hurting. I'll do everything in my power to limit the pain the American people are feeling at the gas pump. So with that being said, you've already had very strong feelings on inflation. Uh, now with the uh, Russians attacking Ukraine and basically the potential for this Nord Stream 2 to be basically reversed. What are your thoughts on gas prices and how this basically affects Americans, everyday Americans getting to and from work? Look, it, the, the, the part you have to be optimistic about is the fact that this is not going to have a long lifespan. That's the biggest thing. You're hoping this is not going to have a long lifespan and this thing gets done very quickly. You know, in Iran, uh, when Iran went through the sanctions and they went through what they were going through, what Iran, Iran did very quickly was the following, that we have to remember this. When U.S. put all the sanctions on Iran, do you guys remember what Iran did? Iran signed a 25-year contract with China for $400 billion. Okay, so what does this mean? So if U.S. put the sanctions on Russia, what if China comes from back and says, I'll help support you? Because we don't yet know what China's doing here. And, and you got to realize, a lot of people think Russia's the number one enemy of U.S. That's not even close. Russia's not the number one enemy in U.S. Russia's not who I'm concerned about. The number one enemy of U.S. still is China. It's not Russia. It's still China. We saw the economy, the, the size of their GDP, three and a half trillion dollars. You know, they're smaller than most countries out there. And China is massive compared to a Russia. And they're massive at the same size of U.S. The real heavyweight matchup is China. So all I'm looking for, if there's anything I'm trying to hear, folks, is the following. I'm just trying to hear what China's doing behind closed doors. That's all I want to know. I want to know what... Pat, we lost you. I want to know if Putin's call. I want to know Putin. Do you, uh, do you think Xi likes uh, America? Do you think Xi's number one enemy is America or, or Russia? Do you think Xi wakes up in the morning trying to make Putin's life a living hell? Or do you think Xi wakes up in the morning trying to make America's life a living hell? Whose life is it? I, I think behind this whole thing, uh, the part that I'm very closely watching is China. Because if, if China leaves Russia to himself, Russia's eventually going to crack and they're going to say, listen, let's stop. Let's not do anything. And then on the opposing argument, let's, let's give the counter argument what I just said right now. So here's a counter argument. I'm going to argue myself here in a minute. And I want to hear what you guys think about this on the commentary on the bottom, Okay. I want you to think about the commentary on the bottom and what I'm saying, Adam, Tyler, I want you to think about what I'm saying here. Okay, so if China stays out of this, what does Putin do? Is, is Putin doing this because it's going to be a short, quick, let's get everything and move out? If it was very quick and move out, and I'm going to debate myself, would he move 175,000 people? Would he build hospitals on the border? Would he go out there and bring, you know, uh, uh, everything prepared on in case if it's going to be a blood, is, is he, is he going to be ready for that? Or is it something that 
he's prepared for this thing to last two, four, six, eight weeks. And, and let's, let's go look at what happened with Azerbaijan and Armenia on a smaller version. Go to Azerbaijan and Armenia. In the example of Azerbaijan and Armenia, there we go. Smaller. So in Azerbaijan, Azerbaijan was Russia, Armenia was Ukraine, right? What happened eventually with Pashinyan, the prime minister? He eventually gave in and eventually said, yeah, this is not good for my people. Let's stop it. We're losing too many people. He came and negotiated and Azerbaijan kind of looked like the aggressor and they got what they wanted. In this situation with Russia and Ukraine, is the current prime minister a guy that's going to accept that? I don't know. This guy seems like a very strong, true believer that's not willing to just hand things over to Russia. And, and people have to realize Ukraine has a pretty strong military. Ukraine has a pretty strong, they have, they have weapons. They're not lightweights, okay? But uh, again, my, my biggest fear here, Adam Tyler, is China behind closed doors. What kind of conference calls are they having? And why is Putin seem so confident today? Why is Putin like, oh, I, I can go after anybody? Is, is somebody behind closed doors giving him that confidence? Is, is that what's happening? Is somebody behind closed doors saying, don't worry about it. I got your back. Go. I won't say anything, but go. Because you ever see somebody that goes from making a lot of threats and not doing anything to all of a sudden making the threats, delivering and being extremely aggressive? Something changed behind closed doors. The person got richer. The person got better weapons. The person got better backing. The person got better backup. The person got better uh, knowledge. The person got an insider in your country that is feeding information to them. We don't know anything about his pure Yeah, Pat, you bring up a great point. I'm not sure if you're, uh, uh, you're cutting in and out, but we, you bring up a great point about um, what China is doing behind closed doors. Because the, the second that we left... Afghanistan, I said on one of the podcasts, I said short term, this is not a good look, but long term, this allow us to at least turn our focus onto what really matters, which is China. No doubt. I, I mean, I think we were in Afghanistan way too long. We could have got out of there five, 10 years ago and been in a way better position, saved a trillion dollars. And we should have turned our attention to China, whether you like Trump or don't like Trump, he at least rattled the cage of China and woke up a lot of the American public to say, hey, what the hell's going on here in China? So if there is conversations taking, behind, taking place behind closed doors between China and Russia, you brought up the example of, you know, getting your ex-girlfriend back, Russia trying to get Ukraine back and China getting Taiwan back. I'm actually proud or happy to see that, that Biden is not getting into a war of words or literal hot war over Ukraine. He has come out and he's expressed, we will not be sending troops to fight in Ukraine. We're backing up NATO. That's fine. I think at the end of the day, you think this is going to be a short-lived situation, short-lived war, whether that's weeks, whether that's months, what have you. We cannot afford to take our eye off the prize, our eye off the ball of what is happening with China. And as much as China is an enemy, we can't, you know, not have them work with us on certain things, i.e. climate change, or whether it's trade or not. They're one of our largest trading partners, if not the largest. So this is a delicate line that Biden needs to balance 
And Ukraine, yes, it's a major thing. It might be a blip on the radar, but he can't let that affect our relationship with China. You have thoughts on this, Tyler? Well, and that's the big ticket, right? Is China is is and, and I mean, this is opening the door for Taiwan, right? I mean, this Taiwan is is next on the table. So, at what point does Biden? actually step up and say, no, you cannot expand your borders like this. Because this, I mean, it's reminiscent of World War II, World War II when, uh, when Hitler invaded Poland. I mean, you, these, these dictators and autocrats, they get more and more and more emboldened. When we, when we pulled out of Afghanistan, like you said, Adam, the first person to swoop in was China and to sign a deal. And, and you know, they now have $87 billion worth of, of uh, military equipment, which normally wouldn't be a problem to Afghanistan and the Taliban operating it. But what I worry about is it being reverse engineered by the Chinese and by the Russians and by them being able to build military weapons that can match ours. So at what point does Biden have to step in and stop letting these dictators and autocrats become more and more emboldened? Look, let me read this to you. Here's an article from the Boston Globe, okay, how the U.S. brought China and Russia together, okay? Two generations ago, President Nixon realized that the intensifying partnership between Moscow and Beijing could ultimately threaten the U.S. To prevent that, he launched what turned out to be a spectacularly successful effort to disrupt their partnership. Now we are doing the opposite, pushing China and Russia together. This month, the leaders of the two Eurasian behemoths signed a far-reaching joint statement that may end up shaping the 21st century. The new interstate relations between Russia and China are superior to political and military alliances of the Cold War era. Friendship between the two states has no limits. The implications of this accord are daunting to contemplate, especially now with Russia attacking Ukraine. Even though the U.S. remains the world's most powerful country, it's disconcerting to see the two next most powerful countries joining together. That's what I was talking about earlier. Worst of all, we brought it on ourselves, bashing China and Russia for years was certain to turn them into partners. At some point, it just happened. The world turned. Russian President Vladimir Putin and Chinese leader, Chinese leader Xi Jinping signed the joint statement at an elaborate uh, ceremony before the opening of the Winter Olympics in Beijing. This just happened. They, they pledged to promote redistribution of power, redistribution of power in the world, and specifically to support each other's foreign policy priorities for Russia, an end to NATO expansion, and for China, reunification from Taiwan with Taiwan. As the new China-Russia partnership was being unveiled, Putin called it a relationship that will probably cannot be compared to anything in the world. And I agree, for Americans to ignore, it would be foolish. Continuing to antagonize the immense bloke would be even worse if we cannot accommodate the changing world. It may leave us behind. So, Look, whether this guy who's got an opinion here to say, let's not say anything bad about them, you have to be naive to not stand up to the enemy either and just kind of look the other way. You cannot do that. I don't think you can seem weak in a position in a situation like this, but U.S. has got to kind of get some powerful, you know, other countries to come with us to go up against these guys because these are the two, I don't know how to explain this. These are the it's, it's, it's the ultimate powerhouse super team being put together, except it's two countries, two of the top three countries in the world are coming together. So well, Pat, let's this is a real threat. The world has to pay very close attention to this. Let's, let's play that game for a second. I mean, we just saw the, the NBA All-Star game as an example. It was team LeBron versus team Durant, and they had basically a draft, right? Uh, LeBron picked Giannis first, and then Durant picked... Um, uh, Embiid, so on and so forth. So if you're having a 
a worldwide draft of countries and China and Russia align, who else is major that is on their side? Because if you look at the list, U.S. has Canada, the U.K., France, Italy, basically everyone in the EU, Brazil, Australia, Japan, South Korea. You go down the list, bang, 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 bang. U.S., other than China and Russia, would have all the heavyweights on their team. What other heavyweights are on team China, Russia? Who? Iran? Who else? Like, if you're doing this draft, who else is on their side? All the true believers are on each other's side. You have to realize a lot of the other guys are more vanilla. Not saying we're vanilla. In America, look at America right now. Americans are at each other's throat. America in the last couple of years during COVID, while during 9-11 we united during COVID, we were divided. Because rather than making China the enemy, you know, Democrats made Trump the enemy and that divided America. That made Democrats hate Republicans. Republicans hate Democrats, not everybody, but it became that antagonistic dinners were being canceled because family members couldn't have a basic civil conversation together. But why? Because we were at each other's throat. When's the last time you heard about uh, media in China that they're at each other's throat? How about in Iran? How about in Russia? Those three countries? No. Nah, they don't allow media country. in China or in, Iran, or in Iran. You're not. But you're talking about three countries that hate America. They hate America. And they keep recruiting other countries that also hate America. So th this, this next phase... This next phase, the concern I have with the system that we have in America is each president comes with a different agenda and it changes every four to eight years. So we can't really create a lot of momentum. There's a lot of division. There's, it's hard to create momentum to create a unified enemy while the other guys keep their enemies unified. So anyways, look, I'm always optimistic about what the future looks like because I think the American people have overcome a lot of different challenges. All I'm saying is the next 15 moves America makes has to be very, we have to be united on this issue. It would be great to see Trump and Biden right now in this issue coming together. It would be great to see a lot of our leaders in U.S. coming together saying, hey, look, we don't agree on taxes. We don't agree on X, Y, Z. We don't agree. We don't even like each other, but we love America more than we love our ego. And we won't let you know. America is more important to us than China, Russia, Ukraine, anybody else. This is our land first. We love this country. This is the greatest country in the world. America needs something like that to scare the crap out of everybody else out there. But America right now keeps getting weaker and weaker and weaker because we don't look united. PVD, you brought up the fact that Trump had some favorable words to say about Putin. I believe that was two days ago. This was prior to the, to the attack. Uh, I would hope that maybe his tune has changed since the attack. You brought up the fact that maybe Biden and Trump do a joint press conference. Or I know you've been obviously working on getting Obama and Trump to do some sort of sit down together. Obviously, you know, you're thinking positive of what would be best for America. If you can put yourself into Trump shoes right now, what do you think Trump should do to help unify America over this situation in Russia, because obviously he has not said anything bad about Putin publicly, possibly ever. Is this a time for him to speak out? What would you do if uh, if you were Trump right about now? 
well, you have to realize he doesn't believe in the current head coach. He doesn't believe in the current commander in chief. He has zero respect for the guy. But he believes in America. And I, I, I'm not. You heard what I just said. I think they need to do. I just mm -hmm. gave you my proposal on what they need to do. It would be great for America to show strength of us doing that. But we're not there right now. I mean, I, I, I already talked about what Trump would do if it was him. But Trump may also look at this opportunity to say many of the American people may sit there and say, look. I didn't like you, Trump, and I still don't like you, but I prefer you as a president over Biden. If you think how Trump thinks, Trump still walks around in Mar-a-Lago and everywhere he goes as if he's the current president. I, 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 you have to think how he thinks. Mm -hmm. He still thinks he's the president. He's, he keeps saying, your president. What does that mean? His emails end with, your president, your president. He, he, in his mind, there's a 90% chance He's going to be the president in two years, three years, and he's going to see, he's going to let this thing to get so ugly in America for him to come and say, you miss me yet? And then that's how his legacy is going to end in his early 80s. And then he's going to go and do whatever he wants to do for the rest of his life. And history will say they impeached him twice, but he came back and he saved America from World War, Cold War. That's kind of how he sees himself. So yeah, he do doesn't think, see himself as a person that's going to call Biden and say, let me give you some feedback. He doesn't see himself. But do you think Biden. he should call out Putin at this point? Look, OK, so go back to Brexit. Do you remember Brexit? Of course. You guys remember Brexit? A lot of people weren't for Brexit. Do you remember how big of a topic it was? But Trump was OK with Brexit. He was kind of okay with it. Do you guys remember what position he had for it? He was okay with Brexit. A lot of people in EU weren't okay for Brexit. A lot of different people weren't okay for Brexit. What do you mean we let the, them out? And, and he would say, well, all these other countries that are in there, they're not paying their fa fair share. Why are they in it? Why they're not paying their fair share? So there was an element of admiration he had for Putin to not rely on NATO and stand on his own because it's kind of like, I don't need you, I can do it on my own because that's kind of what he did. I don't need my dad, I can stand on my own, I can go out there and make it in Manhattan and I'm gonna make it, my dad made it in Jersey, but I'm gonna make it in Manhattan. So he admires people like that who don't want to get into the help of all these other people and you know he admires that, he admires men like that. He doesn't see Putin as you know, a country that he's sitting there saying, at least I don't think, uh, uh, he, Trump is America first, one million percent, but he probably looks at Putin as a strategist saying he's exploiting Biden right now after seeing how Taliban exploited Biden with Afghanistan and how China's trying to exploit uh, Biden with Taiwan. Putin's trying to exploit Biden with Ukraine. If he can get it, why not? P Putin's probably sitting there saying, wait a minute, the Taliban got Afghanistan? Why can't I get Ukraine? This is my time. You don't think those types of conversations took place? I think a big part of how Biden handled Afghanistan is what led to uh, Putin attacking and wanting to get Ukraine back. I may be wrong, but that's what I believe. Well, he's been on their border since, I mean, Crimea happened in 2014. So that's been going on. I, maybe that was more of an impetus to say, all right, now's the time after looking what's happened in Afghanistan but, you know, it, it's sort of contradictory. It's, it's like, okay, I, I, I'm America first, but, you know, and I, and I want and – he, but he's also called out NATO and he hasn't spoken out against Putin, but he respects Putin. But he also wants to use this situation 
to basically look better in the to the American people. But then again, as you said, Biden actually looked good. If we looked at the stock market right now, the stock market is performing well. So people are actually, you know, maybe, hey, Biden's doing a pretty good job. He's put on the sanctions. So I think there's no clear-cut answers, especially when you throw Trump in the mix. What the hell to make of this situation? So I know that we're kind of wrapping up the podcast soon, but basically, what are your key takeaways from everything that's going on? And what should the average American or the average person worldwide really be, uh, be on the lookout for and pay attention to? Look, it, it, this is going to be a complete left field type of feedback I'll give to you guys. So I'm watching a guy who's doing an interview from Ukraine, and he says, we were not expecting this. There was a longest line today in gas station where people are leaving. They didn't have weapons. They didn't have this. They didn't have that. To the average person, I would say proper preparation prevents poor performance. Look, when I got when I got married, my wife, I got her a Range Rover and I parked it outside. One day we come, I go to sleep, I wake up in the morning, the entire window was shattered, stereo system was stolen, everything. The next day I bought a shotgun and I bought a gun, okay? I bought a shotgun and a gun because I had a kid. Tico was born. And I said, it's my job. to." T-. And by the way, I'm living in California doing that. And I'm a military background. So I kind of know how to use this stuff because I used it for the years that I was in the military. So if you have a wife and a kid and a husband and family and people to protect, it's kind of your duty to protect them. What do you do with that? Proper preparation prevents poor performance. You got to secure your family, right? Number two, these guys didn't go to the gas station. If you kind of see in crisis is taking place, you got to look at yourself. What is crisis today? I've been saying for the longest time, cash is king for the individual, not for the billionaire, not for the millionaire, not for all those other guys. But cash is king where you got to have an emergency fund ready in case something does take place, okay? Now, on top of that, if you go and look at Buffett, do you remember how everybody was talking about why does Buffett have $200 billion in cash? What does he know that we don't know? What does he know that we don't know? Maybe he was expecting something like this to happen. Maybe he was expecting a correction or a whirl or something to happen where the economy may take a hit, but the economy hasn't taken a hit yet. But the biggest thing for the average person is stay alert, stay alive, educate yourself, listen to commentary of both sides, Try not to listen to the commentary of just one side because then you're going to be fooled. First thing I did when I'm watching everything, I'm reading articles from people who hate Trump. I'm reading articles from people who hate Biden. If you only read articles from people that hate Biden, you're going to have a blind spot. And if you only read articles from people that hate Trump, you're also going to have a blind spot. Do not be naive today. Okay? Do not mean these guys that don't wake up this morning wanted to put food on your table. They woke up this morning wanted to make sure they look good in front of camera and the legacy shows good about them being a president. You and I have to go do that. We have to go take care of our families. And look, again, another reminder, proper preparation prevents poor performance. And stay alert, stay alive, educate yourself. Um, but having said that, my computer here is about to die. I really enjoyed uh, uh, jumping on and having this dialogue with you guys for the people in Ukraine. Man, our, our prayers are with you. Uh, I, I, I know war. It sucks. I remember that as a kid till today, it's got an effect on me. I watch certain movies and I immediately go back to Iran. Some of these effects are going to have effects on these kids. That's going to last decades, but, uh, you know, God willing, there's going to be some kind of a decision being made here quickly for this to end because war never benefits the world politically. Sometimes it does. It benefits some companies but it doesn't benefit the people. And that's what my biggest concern is today. A lot of regular people that are 
innocent. They haven't done anything wrong. They're being affected by this. Hopefully, this ends very quickly. Well, thank you, PBD. I know you said your computer's dying slow, uh, pretty soon. Thank you, yeah. Tyler, for jumping on. Thank you for everybody who's been tuning in. I think we got 11,000 watching live right now. So thank you for jumping on with us. This was an emergency uh, podcast. I would, say, I would say, Adam, if people are here for the first time, subscribe to the channel because we may do another update tomorrow or the next day. If anything else changes, we may do another emergency podcast in the next couple of days. Uh, so just keep that part of mind for folks that just got on for the first time. Okay, Pat. So um, again, to reiterate what Pat just said, if this is your first time on the channel, welcome to the PBD podcast. Welcome to Valuetainment. Please subscribe. Uh, this is what we do. Pat, well, subscribe and hit the bell too. Subscribe, hit the bell. Pat, if you would, give us your final words and take us out. Future looks bright, guys. You know, we've overcome a lot of uh, massive crisis. A lot of things have happened in the past before. And anytime you're in it, just think about the day COVID hit and how worried all of us were when you were worried whether you're a non-essential or an essential. And I remember we were non-essential and I would still come to work every day. I went 90 days to work without missing. I'd only miss one Sunday away from the office. During that time, I spent a lot of time with my kids. I would go to the office with my kids and all the people around me that were worried. It's the end of the world. What if this is like that movie Contagion and Contagion, the movie went viral and all these movies that were about viral things when, you know, people are watching and getting more and more and more scared. The reality of it is Things are never as scary as your imagination makes it out to be. And it's never as great as your imagination imagination makes it out to be. It helps to be in the middle. It helps to stay optimistic. It helps to stay a little paranoid. It helps to be aware. It helps to not, not to be naive. But at the end of the day, mankind has overcome a lot of difficult situations. And this won't be the last time we do it. As, uh, as, they, as they say, only the paranoid survive. So, uh, Pat, thanks for the call in. Uh, enjoy your time in Mexico, and we'll see you when you get back. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.